MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, one and all, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday to you all, my friends. It's a big day for so many of the world's religions, because right now it is Good Friday, the start of Passover. We're also in the midst of Ramadan. So, happy Ramadan Passadan over day to you all. Mix that up. Yeah. Reminds me of that classic joke, a priest, a rabbi, and an imam walk into a bar, then walk right out because they're supposed to be at church, seder, and or fasting. <laughs> now, the last time the, the Abrahamic religions all celebrated major festivals on the same day was over 30 years ago. So, 2020? <laughs> For those celebrating Easter... <laughs> takes a minute. That takes a minute. That takes yeah. a minute. For those celebrating Easter, congrats on making it through Lent. Traditionally, uh, many Catholics use Lent as a time to abstain from all meat except fish. In fact, McDonald's says 25% of their annual filet of fish sales happen during the six weeks of Lent. The other 75% comes when they drench that patty with barbecue sauce and call it a McRib. <laughs> but, same stuff. Saying, you it can't up. prove it. You can't prove hey. it's not the same stuff. You love uh, but it turns as a workaround because capybara, beaver, and other aquatic animals count as fish during Lent, which explains the popularity of the new seafood restaurant Long John Beavers. <laughs> here's, here's how it started. Back in the 16th century, the Vatican granted the Venezuelan church request that capybara be counted as fish, not meat, for Lenten purposes because they were semi-aquatic, strong swimmers, and had sort of webbed feet, which means it's also technically okay to eat Aquaman. (laughs) And now, not sure what that sound was. That was either being upset or great longing. Now, uh, it's time for a a late-show idiot update. You see... Well, actually... Last week, I told you about two folks who were either idiots or spies who were arrested for impersonating federal agents and supplying Secret Service personnel with gifts such as rent-free apartments and iPhones. Wait a second, so Secret Service agents are paid so poorly that they need free phones and shelter? Well, that explains their new recruitment ad. The elite, the worthy, free muffins in the dumpster out back. (laughs) According to one of the defendants... The man had no intention of compromising any federal agent and only provided gifts to agents with whom he had a genuine friendship and never asked for anything in return. And the judge more or less believed that story. So instead of sending them to jail, he ordered both men to remain in home confinement subject to GPS monitoring with their parents. I'd rather go to jail. All right, listen up, new meat. Dinner is at 4.30. Then at 6, we watch Wheel of Fortune. After that, you need to help Dad with his Yahoo mail, okay? The inner tubes are all clogged. 
One thing that makes this whole story even weirder than it is is that the U.S. attorney for D.C. released pictures of the evidence they found in this guy's apartments, including high-capacity magazines, multiple copies of licenses and passports, a machine to print new IDs, and these door-opening tools described as a dynamic entry kit. You know, all the things you need when you're making friends. We all remember when John Wilkes Booth shot Lincoln at Ford's Theater, then famously cried, So is that a no for brunch? <laughs> Speaking of the Secret Service, the Biden administration has been pretty low on scandals so far, but we just got a big one concerning former first dog Major Biden, seen here giving the president a taste of his own hair sniffing. <laughs> Major. <laughs> what? That's not that bad. That's not... I don't... Major uh, put the Bidens in the doghouse last year when he got a little bitey with the White House staff. At the time, Press Secretary Jen Psaki acknowledged just one bite incident, saying Major had been surprised by an unfamiliar person and reacted in a way that resulted in a minor injury to the individual. Of course, Major got a little chompy. He learned it from his dad. But now, it turns out the White House tried to bury the real story like a bone in the backyard because thanks to a Freedom of Information Act request, we now know that Major actually bit agents on eight consecutive days, and newly released emails show Secret Service agents were outraged by the White House's attempts to play down the bites. This is clearly a cover-up, a White House scandal of epic proportions that Fox News is calling Bite Ghazi. <laughs> now... Stay on the story, Sean. <laughs> per the Secret Service, this wasn't just any nibble. Several agents got chomped on their left forearm, right thigh, and right buttock. Okay, that's terrible, but it's part of the job. You're willing to take a bullet for your country, but you won't get your butt munched? <laughs> now, we know why the former president never had a dog. He was hauling around a butt buffet. <laughs> it's too tempting. Who could resist that? <laughs> it's a smorgasbord. <laughs> Along with outrage at the cover-up, one agent is still trying to get President Biden to personally pay for a damaged coat. However, the White House did not say whether Biden paid for it. Okay, heard the pup took a chunk out of your Macintosh, bud. Wash it down with a tall glass of backside. Don't worry, Jack. Uncle Joe's got you. Tell you what. Here's a crisp fiver. Take the trolley down to Bamberger's. Buy yourself a nice raccoon coat. Davy Crockett special. <laughs> Keep the change. Hit the soda fountain. Get an egg cream and a Monte Cristo. Nothing better for a chomp took us. L'chaim, Jack. <laughs> now. <laughs> nothing like him. Nothing. No, absolutely nothing like him. Not even close. Totally, totally gone now. So what, uh, what, what, what became of the chomper-in-chief? Well, reportedly, Major was given to family friends late last year, but his present whereabouts are unknown. Well, I mean, obviously, he's in witness protection. <laughs> so keep an eye out for a new neighbor's who's short and hairy with the name Rex Not-A-Dog. <laughs> um, oh, there's some news about uh, the news. Uh, according to a new Economist YouGov Mighty Mighty Boston's poll, the most trusted news source in America is the Weather Channel, 
with 52% of Americans trusting it, while the other 48% rely on the second most trusted name in weather, the window. <laughs> but there are some 24 hours. That's 24 hours. Yeah, you look out there. Always accurate. Yeah, you check it out. There are some partisan differences, because there have to be. Evidently, the Weather Channel is trusted by 62% of Democrats, but only half of Republicans. Which means there is now an opening for a conservative meteorological alternative, <laughs> Rupert Murdoch's Fox News Weather News. This just in, a deadly caravan of Mexican clouds is crossing our southern border, bringing a torrent of critical rain theory. To be followed by a rainbow, just more evidence that the gay agenda is bent on flooding your basement. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Up next, First Drops Easter Edition with Evie. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Folks. Folks, this weekend is Easter, the day where Catholics around the globe celebrate the miracle that is your five-year-old keeping his church blazer on for more than 12 minutes. <laughs> and Easter, of course, means Easter cards. There are lots of good options out there, but they don't all get it right on the first try. So tonight, we'll take a look at some of the early attempts in our segment, First Drafts. No! No! Stupid! Ow. As always, I need some help for this. Luckily, I have the best card holder slash life partner in the game. My wife, Evie, everybody. Hello, darling. Aren't you a vision? Hello. You look lovely. I love your Easter pink. Thank you. Please. Very full. You look Thank fantastic. You. I ha think this is sort of like my um, Easter bunny biker chick look. Mm -hmm. Darling, you know how this works. I do. I got it. So you... Two years. I know. We've been doing this for two years. I have to explain it anyway, because <laughs> some people out there may not know the premise. Oh, they know. They all and know. Part of the shtick is me explaining it to you, all right? <laughs> Darling, so what I'd like you to help me with right now, the mockery does not help. So what we're going to do is we have a collection of uh, Easter cards here, greeting cards. Uh, the, the first card that I will hold up of each of these sets is the card that was sold. The second one was the first draft of that card that was not good enough to be sold. Got it. <laughs> good. <laughs> here. Would, okay. My darling, would you hand me the, hand me the first card? Oh. Thank you very much. <laughs> Here's a fun one. It says, why did the Easter bunny cross the road? To wish you a happy Easter. 
See? Very oh, simple. I can't, I can't imagine. <laughs> the comments from the peanut gallery <laughs> do not help the punchline. But the first draft said, why did the Easter Bunny cross the road? Look, I don't know, okay? He came out of nowhere. Don't let the kids into the garage until I finish hosing down the car. You didn't mess it up at all. They thought it was very funny. You are perfect in every way. Can I have... <laughs> what do you... Uh, we are lucky enough that the, the kids are kind of come out uh, yes. for Easter. Isn't that nice? Yes. We've got commitments from all three of them, right? Yes. It's, well, it's a, if we provide the Ubers, I think they'll come. Sure. That's great. <laughs> That's all. The Easter Uber. Do, what do you want to do? Um, do you want to, like, go out and eat? Do you go to eat church? We haven't been to Mass in, well, except for last We time. went to Palm Sunday. Well, Don't so tell the people I haven't <laughs> been to Mass in a while. <laughs> i got well, a reputation a here. There's been a pandemic. There has been a pandemic. Yeah. That's why I haven't been to Mass in a while. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting me in trouble with the Pope here. <laughs> Candy eggs, chocolate bunnies, and jelly beans. Have a sweet Easter. Aww. That's nice. There you go. All right. All right. I know your favorite Easter candy is Peeps, right? We have to get to the punchline. That was the setup. <laughs> that was the setup. Then I'm I have to do the sorry. punchline, and then we talk in between the jokes. <laughs> I know. I know you've become incredibly jaded after doing this for two years, but this is what I do for a living. <laughs> you, have, you have to let me do the, the punchline. Yes, it is. It is. But the first draft said candy, eggs, chocolate, bunnies, and jelly beans were all sold out at CVS, so the Easter Bunny bought you an iPhone 6 car charger. That's actually... Now, that's actually... Very useful. Now very we can useful. talk. Now, I'm now, sorry. Now, what did you want to say? Peeps is your favorite candy. I do. I hate Peeps. <laughs> that is, what have you done with my wife's body? How do you not know that I don't like Peeps? I thought you liked Peeps. I don't like Peeps. What do I like? What Easter candy do I like? Chocolate. Oh, you like uh, marzipan. I do. Yeah. I like marzipan. You like the really because fancy... Because I'm a 79-year-old woman. Yeah. <laughs> True, I like marzipan, acorns, like dipped in chocolate yeah, or something the really like that. Yeah, fancy. I make my own marzipan sometimes. Can I have that, please? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Oh, Thank it's you. really fun. <laughs> Here's a card that says, I have a clue where some eggs might be, so hop along and follow me. Happy Easter. Aww. There you go. That's nice. But the first draft said, I have a clue where some eggs might be, but you're born with a finite number and you're 38 years old. Get to work. I want a grandchild. Love, Mom. There you go. This one says, to me, you're like a Cadbury egg. Nothing but sweet inside and out. Happy Easter. Oh, sweet. Yeah, but the first draft said, to me, you're like a Cadbury egg. I think we should only see each other once a year unless I happen to be in Europe. Because <laughs> there are... That would be tough, once a year. That's it would tough. be. You know, Easter, I know, is one of the times of year when you uh, express some regret for having married me. Because I took you away from the south, where it's spring yeah. in eastern, and like all the flowers are out and the That's trees are out. It's not that I regret marrying you; it's I regret that we have to live in the cold. That I northeast. took you. That I took you away from the south with my job. <laughs> you didn't take me away from the south. We chose to live here together. 
Okay. Oh. I love New York. I like it. I like it here. I, I know. Okay. But it's been too you lived cold here... lately. It yes. has been too cold lately. Yes. I would like a warmer spring, right. for sure. Yes. Yeah. Right? You, you lived in New York before I did. Yeah. You introduced me to New York. <laughs> yeah. You did. What do you mean? I did. You did. What did I, what did I introduce you to? Oh, uh, uh, bodegas that at 3 a.m. Uh, sell anything you want. <laughs> what, what That's else? That's true. What I'm trying to remember what else. Uh, um... What did we do the first? We, we went uh, walk the Brooklyn Bridge. That was one of our first things because you don't have to pay for that. Staten Island Ferry. We were very poor. Don't have to pay for that. We were very poor. Those I are two good things. I was just telling these things. people earlier tonight that you and I did not have two pennies to rub together. Not and even we wrote one. each other a lot of a lot of letters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We had to take one penny, snap it in half, and then rub <laughs> it like that, <laughs> like that. But guess what? It's worked out pretty. It's well. worked out. It's worked out. Thank you very much. I tell the people out here that I'm always nervous when you're on. Why? Because I want you to have a good time. I'm having fun. Good. <laughs> don't be nervous. What? Don't be nervous. But what if I have you on one time and you don't have a good time? Then you're going to associate... I'll always have fun. You will? Yeah, because I'm here with all these wonderful people. It's so fun. I don't have any lines to learn. I mean, there's no pressure. There's no script. There's no pressure? There's no script. There's no. no, I mean, I don't even, you know. Don't even wait for the punchline. No, I don't. <laughs> exactly. Here's a fun one. <laughs> I wish chocolate bunnies multiplied like real ones. Happy Easter. Isn't that nice? We'd have a lot more of them, wouldn't we? But the first draft read, I wish chocolate bunnies multiplied like real ones. I like to watch my candy do it. <laughs> we'll be right back. Coming up. Josh Brolin. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. You know my guest tonight as an actor from Avengers Endgame, No Country for Old Men, and Dune. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Josh Brolin. You know what they, they thought you were going to say? They were going to go, ladies and gentlemen, surprise guest, Dwayne Johnson. And they were like, <laughs> Josh Brolin. <laughs> That's close. I mix you guys up all the time, man. Yeah. yeah. At the Oscars, man, you standing next to Jason Momoa. I looked, yeah. I, you look tiny. Yeah, why would you say that? I don't know, because I don't think I of did. you as a small person, but you there look minuscule, man. There was a man. clip there where they said, you know, ask him if he's ever been nominated, which I thought was kind of a, like, not a nice thing to ask him, because sure. he hasn't been nominated. Right. But then when I saw the clip, it was this. Have you ever been nominated? <laughs> And I was like, so I look like the ass. Yeah, yeah. I thought he looked yeah. like the ass, the way it was written, but yeah. it didn't turn out that no. way. Good to see you again. Nice it's to see been, you again. It's been too long. I've, I've enjoyed... 
I think so. Not in for my, me. From my point. Not for me. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. You're yeah. the guest. You get to name the moment. I mean, I love you. You're 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 a good dude. I like the gray. The gray's coming. This in. is COVID, man. This is COVID. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. You have COVID? What? No. no. This is this oh, is the years oh. of anxiety about the COVID it. coming in. Yeah. I like the gray on you too. Thanks. Looks I don't good. have any gray. You don't have any gray? No, I do not. This is just for a part no. right here. No, what mm -hmm. you're not seeing. Yeah. It what about the hair on your chest? Is that gray? Oh wait, there is none. <laughs> There's no. <laughs> it's CBS, man. It's CBS. We got. Oh no! Come on. Oh. <laughs> you, Sorry. You braided it. Sorry. <laughs> no, it did Says... that on its own. <laughs> no. Let's just keep going. Look at well, now the audience not? is like, please hey, stop. Hey, listen. You please have not stop. been here physically since 2018, and when I talked to you then, right after that, you took a little uh, break from acting. You said you were going to step away from a little bit, but then yeah. you get a call from Denis Villeneuve. To do Dune, and you go, yes. What was it about that? Why, why did you break your promise to yourself? Because it's Denis Villeneuve. You did Sicario. With I did him Sicario in with him, and now we're going back and doing Dune too. How old were you when you when you read Dune? Sixteen. That's perfect. I was seventeen. No, I was seventeen because I had seen Dune, David Lynch's Dune, and David then I Lynch's read it Dune. after that. Okay. Yeah. And so did you? Did you? Because I read it when I was, I think I was <clears throat> eighteen or nineteen, I guess. And I thought, well, I, I have to play Paul Atreides. Right. Did you, did you say to yourself at that age, like, did you want to be an actor at that age? I did, but I've always looked at the other guy. So I don't know if it was, it was definitely not Paul Atreides. Who it did was you, probably you the, to the be Fremen. Like? It was probably Stilgar. Oh, wow. Wow. I want to play every role that Javier Bardem does. <laughs> That's not that bad. Javier actually invited me to the set for, uh, for the Dune 2, for part two there. So I'll see you there. I am going to uninvite you. <laughs> Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Because once I'm in the still you. suit, you won't know. You won't know I it. told Denis, you can't no. stop me now. Once I'm in the still suit. No, it's kind of like I... when we did Everest. When we did Everest, I was like, oh my God, doing Everest, and we're going to climb Everest in the Krakauer book, and this is amazing, without thinking that everybody looked like this. <laughs> I can't breathe. Give me the time of thing. Literally the entire movie, every mm -hmm. character. You have no idea which one I am. Yep. Not a star maker. He <laughs> <laughs> was not a star not maker. A star maker. More with Josh Brolin after this. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. You, you collaborated uh, with the, the uh, Dunes director of photography, Greg Fraser. 
on this special book called The Art and Soul of Dune. He took uh, e extraordinary, sort of candid photography. I, I'm not going to flip through the whole thing, but candid photography of, of the making of it. But then you he, wrote the text. It. Yeah. You wrote the text, and I am just... Uh, I took ayahuasca I'm swept and I wrote the text. You took no, ayahuasca? I didn't. No, I didn't. no, I didn't. I didn't. All right. I didn't, but all That's these okay. were taken on film. All these were taken with cameras that he had found, like, all over Hungary, like in uh, flea markets and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I mean, really beautiful stuff, but, yeah, here. Just read a few words. Of, no. I don't... Why don't, why don't you read... Yeah. I like this. Would you read I this? I like... Read, read this, what I had the page open to. See where the page is marked? That's a hint that I want you to read that. <laughs> Read that. Read that, you son of a bitch. Read yeah. that right there. But you have this all planned out, and it's so sell yeah, it. really, so really sell it, John. A lacerating light lands on more. <laughs> Again, sorry. Okay. Uh, this is so putting me on the spot. A yeah. lacerating light lands on morning. Shards of orange and black seem to be the colors that reign around you, now us. I reach out knowing your hands will be rough to the touch, but I am still now, mind you, so be gentle if you would. I'll be here for longer than you might have initially had me. The desert isn't as harsh as I believed it would be, but it does, I find, often present what fevered dreams might have slept away unnoticed during the night. And so we awaken because it is morning with a slightly possessed air alive in and around us. I am here, and it has all begun, this reaching and this reaching out again. Okay. There isn't enough time. That's mine. That's mine. There isn't enough time for everything that makes me think of, but I'll just go to this. This is not the first time you've done some poetic writing, because look at you here. How old are you in this photograph? I'm 23. You're 23, 23. and this is a young, ponytailed Josh Brolin and Allen Ginsberg in a writing class. How did this come about? I, I thought I was Jim Morrison. I thought my name was Jim Morrison. You kind of look like Billy later, Jack here. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kick you in your left ear with my Oh, is it? Wait, OK, yeah. so do you want to explain who Allen Ginsberg is for the They know the, who, no, who wrote 20 Howl. No, 20% of your audience. You know you do? They know who Allen Ginsberg is. Allen Ginsberg, Allen Ginsberg was in Rochester, New York. He came to Rochester, New York. I was doing plays at Jiva Theater in Rochester, New York. I was doing two plays in Rotating Rep. I was with Anthony Zerby, who's this fantastic actor and this great friend of mine. And I said, you have to, you have to, like, I mean, it's Ginsburg. Ginsburg was buddies with Kerouac, and sure. you could just have, you know, in your early 20s, that's all you read is Kerouac. You smoke cigarette after cigarette. But he didn't like me. He didn't like Ginsburg me. Ginsburg didn't like no, you. No, no, in that moment, when I'm looking at him, like, kind of longingly like this, and I think he's saying something like, go away. Wow. But that's all right. It was yeah. Ginsburg, and it doesn't matter, and I got the picture, so. Wow. You know I, mean? I didn't get the picture, but I met Ginsburg once. Tell me. I was, the night I met my wife, yeah. uh, we met at this party after uh, an event, and some people have heard this. I won't tell the whole story, but anyway, yeah. at the end of this, I'm smitten by this enchanting woman who I met this night, and we're at a party following the world premiere of Philip Glass and Allen Ginsberg's The Hydrogen Jukebox. Oh, yeah. I don't... And so, uh, 
I'm talking to this wonderful woman, and she asks me for my address and number. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, but I don't have a pen. So I turn around and I ask the guy behind me for his pen, and Alan Ginsberg no hands way. me his Mont really? Blanc. Really? And I wrote my address down with Alan Ginsberg's his Mont Blanc and gave it to my wife, gave it back, and I went, like that. That's, That's the only. That was it. That, that was my introduction. That was, that was the whole Alan Ginsberg. Amazing. Did you say what? I'm Stephen Colbert? I said in the future you might care. Yeah, 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 yeah. But unfortunately, I'll be talking to a person you really don't like. <laughs> right, right, right. We have to take a little bit of a break. But when I come back, I will ask Josh about his amazing new show, Outer Range. Stick around. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Hey, everybody, we're back with Josh Brolin. Next thing I want to talk about here, because we've talked about so much tonight, Mm -hmm. uh, I want to talk about Outer Range, okay, Okay. on Amazon. I've watched episode one, and I am knee-deep, baby. It has sucked me in. And that's not just a metaphor, because there's a hole in your West Pasture that I'm really (laughs) scared of. Or maybe there isn't. Or maybe there isn't. We don't know. I'm not giving anything away, because that's in the trailers and everything. Very good. Okay, so for for the people out there, tell them what the story is. I don't know. I'm trying. Okay, but who are you? What character are you playing? Okay, I play Royal Abbott. I'm the head of the ranch. I'm the paternal force in the ranch, and everybody, I'm trying to keep the family together. He's all about the integrity of the family. And as this thing that you just mentioned shows up, which is basically maybe symbolic of the unknown, maybe symbolic of our social fabric right now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe America. A void inside of him. A void inside of him, a secret. What I mean, It could represent a secret. So once he holds on to that secret, that foundation that was his family starts to crumble. And once it starts to crumble, you have a lot of extreme behaviors that uh, react around that. We have that. a clip here yeah. uh, at uh, Y'all at Table. Anything y'all. you want to anything you want to say about this? No, Hoss. Let's just go with it. <laughs> Jimmy, giddy up. We ask that you show us the way here, because we're in trouble. We are desperate. Hmm. You made this crazy world. So maybe you can give us some sort of hint as to what you're up to, because I don't have the first clue. Maybe it's that you have nothing to do with this, or maybe you're not even there. Who knows? There is a big distance between you and us, a, a gap. A void. There is a great void. I'm asking you to fill that void. I'm asking you to fill that void. I'm asking you to come down here and explain yourself. Because this world of yours isn't quite adding up, and I hate you for it. I really do, and I don't even think I believe in you. But I really hate you. Amen. That, that sells it at the end there. That's a beautiful prayer. 
That really is. That really yeah. is. Now, in in it's a, you know it's a western on a certain level here. It's supernatural and it's a western at the same time. You clearly know what you're doing on a horse. And we talked about this before. You grew up on on a ranch with a bunch I of did. horses there. I grew there. up on a ranch. I'm still in the prayer. Sorry, I'm listening to you, but I'm yep. thinking, do you pray? I do pray, yeah. At dinner, and so do we. No, uh, I, I sometimes if the family's all together, that's we'll us do grace. Sometimes. But individually, you know, if it's just me so and Evan. So that's Ev, something maybe. that they took from me, and that's every prayer I for my own family. Wow. Every dinner. Wow, that's a beautiful story. Thank you. That's a beautiful story. So yes, I rode horses for quite a long time when I was a kid. <laughs> but a lot of people, but, but a lot of people like lie about riding horses, and then they have to go do it. No, no, no. I like. Okay, so I did a series when I was 20. When I was doing that, when the, the Ginsburg picture, I was doing a series, and then I would do plays during the summer. And this series, what it, you know. They audition, and you know, you have people in New York, and they're like, do you ride? And the guy from, you know, say, I won't say who it is, but Massapequa, New York, he's like, yo, yeah, I ride. You know, I ride, do you want me to ride the horse? I ride the horse, I grew up riding. And you're like, you didn't ride. You're like, you what, the Sopranos, you didn't ride, for sure. I grew up riding, I did 65 horses every morning. I fed them, it was horrible, only in hindsight is this, this great romance that we talk about. But nobody rode. So if you look at the opening shot of Young Riders, we're all juxtaposed on horses running, and everybody is at least 14, 15 inches out of the saddle. I mean, there is all space there. There's me in the front just going along, and then there's all the other New Yorkers. Like, uh, wishing they were wearing a wishing cup. Wishing they were wearing a cup. I mean, it was, it was bad. <laughs> but yeah, I've ridden my, my whole life. Have, I like you ever, have you ever had to lie in an audition? I've only lied in auditions. <laughs> yeah, I've never told the truth during any audition. I mean, sure. we had, I, I would, you know, when you get a picture taken, you get an eight by 10, and then on the other side, you have a resume. Yeah, yeah. And every single title on that resume, I made up. Oh, because you, you have trying, to you go in, yeah, you want to be valuable. You yeah. want to be like a guy with like, look, look at all this work he's done. Let's hire him. And I'm like, and you know, I did King Lear. Like I was 17. <laughs> you don't play King Lear when you're 17, but I never read it, so I didn't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you think, well, what theater? And then, and then they'd call you on it, and they go, where'd you do King Lear? And you're like, in Italy. <laughs> And then you think, like, what's this? In Italy, I saw the Godfather Palermo. Oh, he says, in Palermo. I did it at the International Italian Theater in Palermo. I believe you. And they go, thank you for coming in. Thank you for coming in. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Know it well. I know it well. Oh. Well, Josh, um, hey. thank you for coming right. in. Thanks. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.